Welcome to Everyday Martial Artist, a weekly podcast where you'll join me, Brian Doucet, as I interview a different martial artist each episode and hear their story. Some guests you may have heard of, and some you probably haven't. Be sure to subscribe where all your favorite podcasts are available. Also, visit our website at everydaymartialartist.com. If you're listening for a specific interview, I sure hope you'll stay and check out the other episodes. A very special thank you to Topher Williams for our custom theme music. And now, the newest episode of Everyday Martial Artist. Everyday Martial Artist is brought to you by KOonline.com for all your martial arts needs. Sparring and safety gear, rank belts, uniforms, weapons, patches, and more. Wholesale supplies made by martial artists for martial artists. Visit us today at KO-Online.com. Hello and welcome to Everyday Martial Artist. I'm your host, Brian Doucette, and as we do every week, we're joined by a brand new guest talking about their life and their journey throughout the world of martial arts. My guest today is from Niagara Falls, New York. He's an independent pro wrestler, certified group fitness instructor, martial artist, and podcaster. He's been involved in martial arts for over 27 years and currently holds the rank of fifth degree black belt in the Chuck Norris system. He is the host of the Kick Pod and the Fit Fighter podcast. Also enjoys attending comic cons and cosplay. Please welcome my guest today, Mr. TJ Williams. How are you doing today, sir? Oh, wonderful. Wonderful Friday night. You know, getting off of work and um, just relaxing, but actually being on this podcast. Hey, it's always relaxing to talk martial arts. So. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's always fun. Well, I know you said you've listened to a few episodes. So you kind of know how we get things going. I want to go back to the very beginning. I want to know where that first interest, that first spark came from that kicked off your martial arts journey. Uh, well, mostly I was just a kid mom growing up um, in Niagara Falls. Uh, I was, let's just say I was on a mission. You know, the one thing that kind of got me into martial arts is mostly uh, watching um like TV shows, mostly uh cartoon Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Nice. I mean that was yeah, that was like my main cartoon that I love to watch and it had like um so interesting about martial arts and and of course learning about um what they do with ninjutsu. You know, I still hoping I still got those two VHSs um they had in Burger King because those <sighs> like the only two episodes nice. um I yeah. That's awesome. I actually remember that. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, it's like I guess I guess it was like around the time that they were advertising the movie. I, mm -hmm. I believe it was like the '90s that they were doing that. Yep. And, that, and it's like I can remember the two episodes I had: Evasion of the Turtle Snatchers and the Great Boldini. Nice. That is cool. I don't. Th I, I remember the Burger King thing, but I never got them. <laughs> I never got any <laughs> of the VHSs. So that's yeah. all good though. Nice. So, and and what age was that about? Well, it was probably like around four, four years old that um I was like into the uh, cartoon, okay. and you know I was yeah, I was in the other movies as well. I think I remember like the one movie I used to watch was uh, The Last Dragon. Nice, that's a classic. I love that. That's my my dream is to get Ty Mac on the show. I'm hoping I can get him on here someday. He'd he'd be yeah. fun to chat with Bruce Leroy himself. Now you said around four or five, you got into the Ninja Turtles, got involved that way. So how long was it then before you actually got to start training in it yourself? It wasn't until like around when I was uh, 10 years old, like a day before my 11th birthday, um, I actually uh, had my opportunity to train in a martial arts school pretty much near my uh, hometown. So like from there, I actually started when I had a cold. I mean, it wasn't a bad, I wasn't sick that bad, but mm -hmm. you know, that was, and when I first started, it was, uh, I didn't get my total um, white uniform yet. And I know I was just, um, in a t-shirt and jogging pants so uh, yeah nice i think they do that a lot of kids I, I remember my very first one when i was 10 in my tongue sudo class i had uh camouflage sweatpants and the camouflage t-shirt <laughs> so <laughs> that was i think my first like two weeks in, in uh, tongue sudo class so <laughs> and what style was that first system 
before I kind of got learned about the it was the um, Chuck Norris system, or they would call it like back then when I started was um Chung Kut Do, mm-hmm. which is a uh, hybrid martial arts, um, which is um derived from Tang Soo Do. I mean, I was even like concerned what the style was. I thought it was just Tang Soo Do or something, mm-hmm. but um, I was just doing what I was taught. Right. But nevertheless, the style that I train in is, let's just say it's the Chuck Norris system. Right. So that yeah, so that's the main style. I mean, before it was chunk of dough, you know how Mister Norris or I, I like to call him Grandmaster Norris because yes. I hesitate to call him by his first name because <laughs> that's just like a respect thing. Right. At that age, at ten years old, did you know who Chuck Norris was? Oh yeah, I, I knew who he was because I've seen the movie um, Sidekick. Because nice. that's like the one Chuck Norris yep. movie I've seen. Love it. And, you know, and the hidden thing about that movie is like majority of the people that are in that movie were part of this organization mm-hmm. called UFAF. Yep. And of course, yeah. So I was like looking for Easter eggs. It's like I've seen so many uh the guys that were in UFAF. Of course, I've seen them when I go to the, the annual convention that we usually have at July. So that I can usually catch them say, that's I know that guy. I know this guy. Okay. See, I was the same way when I, when I saw the movie The Perfect Weapon. Um, that's the movie that got me into American Kempo when I was a teenager. And I remember going to my, my first uh, international tournament out in Long Beach. And I'm like, hey, he was in the movie. He was in the movie. Hey, I know that guy. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, know, I know what you're talking about. That's, that's kind of cool. I, I've, never, I've never trained in the, in the Chuck Norris system, but I've, I've interviewed a few of them guys, and I, I've met, met many over the years. So. so what was it then? Think back to that first class, you know, maybe the first one or two classes. What was it about that instructor? What was it about that style? What, what kind of drew you in? Uh, definitely, but my instructor, of course, he still teach today. And unfortunately, I'm like, I'm definitely like four degrees ahead of him. I was hoping that he'd probably be the same rank, but you know, he was definitely like a, a fun, fun looking guy. And really, he was really entertaining, mm-hmm. and, you know, and definitely when I'm not talking about well, karate or anything, I'm talking about other like pop cultures. Okay. Like, I, w- I would talk about pro wrestling, like around that time, you know, that's where, you know, you were either watching WWE or WCW, you know, this was like, like late 1996. So he would definitely, me and him would be relating to like that sort of thing, or even cartoons or anime. But nevertheless, he was like the one instructor that really helped me get more interested in martial arts. I was so engaged in what he was teaching and I would definitely he- not hesitate to go home and train on what I was taught. And then therefore, you know, I was always prepared to test for like the next belt, the next belt. So mm-hmm. definitely I, it wasn't too much of a difficulty for me. So that was just the greatest um, thing that I would have. Definitely the thing about my instructor today, he definitely helped me get the job that he works at. So, so basically I have like almost a bond with my first instructor. Okay. It's good that you've, you've been with him that long and, and still still know him and, and still friends with him and stuff. That's, that's always the, that's when you know, it's a good instructor when that, when it lasts that long. Yeah. So then do you remember your very first belt test? That's one question I've never really asked anyone. I've, I always ask about the black belt test, but do you remember your very first color belt test? Well, I know it was a gold belt test. I mean, okay. mostly they'll call it yellow or gold belt. Yep. I can't even remember it, but if I'm like clear with it, mostly if you're getting your first belt, it's the basics of what the martial arts like, you know, strikes, blocks, and kicks. I know it's a short test because, you know, usually you can get that test done within 30 minutes. Right. Unlike other tests, you like, say, a black belt test, you know, you're in there for two or three hours, depending on how many people test. But 
I know I still got my uh, certificate because I always keep my certificates with me. So I got to go look in this, look at my certificates to see when the last time I tested. Do you remember then out of all, not counting black belt, what was your hardest test? I'd probably say like uh, when I was going for my uh, third gut belt or okay. maybe my first gut gut belt because that's like rib belt. It's like usually, well, here's how it is in our in our school. It's like your original instructor, they test you from gold belt to about, say, about fourth cup. That'd be like green belt with two red stripes. And then for the last three red belt tests, you end up getting tested by the grand or the, the master instructor. He usually does all the red belt tests. I say like the first cup um, red belt test was really tough because this one we had to do all the katas that we did from go belt to right where we're at now. And there's a lot of katas and you talk about endurance and really, you know, if you're not like conditioned to do all the katas and you know, you know, you're going to get blown out. But luckily for me, it would, the katas were done first over everything else. But if it was like doing kicks, blocks and everything, I'd probably be tired out before I even get the katas. And for his system, dad, do you guys do board breaks for each belt level? Oh no, we haven't done no on board breaking. I mean, we we actually uh practice like doing board breaking. He has like well, one of them like plastic uh oh the rebreakable like, yeah the, yeah those uh but yeah occasionally we, if we like did like some like a tournament or we did like a demonstration we would um do board breaking. That's probably like the only time we do board breaking. But as far as like doing the next promotion, yeah, we don't do any uh, board breaking. And you, you mentioned tournaments. You got involved in the competition, I'm assuming. And, and kind of what what belt level did that start at? And and do you remember your first tournament? I can like recall. Um, I was um, I think either a blue belt. We had like a like an in house tournament, and you know we had like katas and um, sparring. And like my very first tournament, I got first place in sparring. Nice. So. Yeah. That's kind of memorable. Yeah. My first tournament, I got my headgear kicked off. So <laughs> you, you did a little better than I did. <laughs> That's pretty good. And so do you, do you still compete now or is that not anymore? Oh, uh, I mostly like when we have our convention, like I usually uh, compete in like the competitions uh, that we have. Normally it's broken up to like seminars, uh, uh, competition, and um, of course, uh, demo competition. Mm-hmm. But like other than that, I don't go to tournaments like I would used to. Right. Because, yeah, I mean, I just kind of lost my interest in like going to compete in tournaments. And then what belt level did you start getting involved in the teaching side of it? Uh, I was like, say, probably... Probably before I got my uh, third degree, okay. I, I, I was like second degree. I didn't get much into teaching, but, you know, I was assisting. It's mm-hmm. like I had that fear to actually teach uh, students. It's almost like that stage fright. Yeah, <laughs> mostly because, um, you know, I grew up with um, ADHD. Okay. And mostly it's like it kind of kept me away from doing um, like teaching. I didn't have that confidence yet. Not that I didn't want to actually teach, but mm-hmm. it was just that lack of confidence. And has that changed now? Oh, yeah, it, it has changed. Uh, I mean, like you you do other stuff. Like I said, like I kind of took a break from martial arts to kind of get into pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that kind of build my confidence up because uh, the things that I get from wrestling, I kind of bring it into martial arts. And that's the same thing with getting the fitness. You know, whatever I bring from fitness, I put it in martial arts. And that helps me um, teach better. And that's pretty much where I build my confidence. And, you know, 
I definitely, when I teach these kids, I give them a show. I think of it as like a comedy act. I know I don't overdo it, but you know, I just like make sure these kids know that I don't want to be too harsh on them, but they should still give me that same effort as I did when I started as a student. What do you think has changed the most about your teaching style over the years? Mm, I think the fact that, um, I think the one thing that's changed is that, um, I'm like more enthusiastic to go up there. I mean, there's like, there's no fear. I know what I'm going to do before I even get started. And within your guys, within the Chuck Norris system, do you guys do weapons training? Probably, I say probably around blue belt. Um, the students are required to get a bow staff because we um, have a traditional bow staff kind of that we learn. And um, also when you get like close to black belt, we also do something called the standardized bow form, which is uh almost like a tricking bomb version of um, a bow staff kata. And yet I don't teach this yet, but um, you know, I'm starting to get like more familiar with the Tafas because, you know, I, I, yeah, I started competing with the Tafas like when the pandemic started um, nice. kind of dropping off. Yeah. So that's like a good weapon to work with. That's my favorite weapon. When I was younger, it was nunchucks, but as I grew older, I, I started appreciating the Tonfa more. I, I really do enjoy that weapon, and, and I, I've actually had my my pair of Tonfas for over thirty years, so they're they're real, yeah. they're reliable. Yeah, and the, the great thing about this, um, my uh, my master instructor, you know, he was also um, he had like uh, when he was cleaning up um his um office, he come across actually two PR twenty fours. He gave it to me to train with, and at least either build like muscle. Mm-hmm. For like the Tafas, and you know, just thinking that uh, I have PR twenty four, so I gotta keep them in the house. I don't bring them with me. Yeah, so yeah, that's, that's kind of cool because I mean, it's it's the same idea, but they're definitely a little different than a Tafa. Yeah. Cool. So what what would you say your favorite weapon is? Uh, probably right now, I could say my bow staff. When I think of bow staff, I think of Donatello. Yeah. <sighs> nice. So have you uh, listened to my my interview yet? I, I interviewed uh, Stephen Ho, who played uh, Donatello in the two of the Ninja Turtle movies in the nineties. Oh, yeah. yeah, you might you might appreciate that one. <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was a fun interview because that's he's uh, I I met him at a tournament like thirty years ago, and yeah, I reached out to him. I'm like, you know, hey, I'm a big fan. Would love to have you on the show, and he's like, sure, I'd love to. So yeah, we talked a little bit about the him working with Vanilla Ice <laughs> in Ninja Turtles two and stuff, and. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun interview. Yeah. <laughs> so what is the black belt test like for the Chuck Norris system? Well, when I actually did the black belt test, you know, it, it kind of rapidly, it gets modified. So when I started, when I did my black belt test and like it started off with katas and then it, we went off to like doing techniques and then we do something called one steps where your uh, attacker throws a punch at you and you do like a combination of techniques. Mm-hmm. And then from there, it's like we go into sparring and then that'd be the end of the test. But now things have changed where we have to kind of incorporate in like self-defense and the tests, like from stand up um, self-defense to ground self-defense. Oh. And, you know, yeah, they basically give you a challenge. That's pretty much our um, black belt, pretty much the, like how the black belt test is nowadays. Okay. I'm assuming it's kind of the same as most systems where you have a certain amount of time you have to wait between each belt and like in between each level of black belt. Yes. Yeah. Because usually you get your first degree, you have to wait one year, second degree, two years, third degree, three years, and then fourth degree for four years. So, yeah. So have you ever got to actually test in front of uh, Mr. Norris? Well, here's the thing with our, uh, with our system. We have like four physical tests. 
for our first degree, like nowadays, you get to test in your own school. We have certain black belts that are like more experienced with the uh, martial arts. So they have them as the, the testing board. Right? And then for second and higher, we know we're broken up into regions, um, our organization of UFAF. I'm right now I'm in um, region eight. So we're broken up to New York, Boston, Massachusetts, and West Virginia. So for um, students um, pass their pretests from each of those schools, they're brought to like one location. Well, either it could be West Virginia, Boston, or even Niagara Falls. We have that one big test, second degree and higher. That's pretty much how it works there. So we have like four physical tests. And for the fifth degree, which I received in July, I wish Mr. Norris was uh, there for it. But due to scheduling conflict, I mean, of course, we had another grandmaster um, do the, the ceremony. Okay. So have you got to actually ever get, get to train with Chuck Norris directly at any of your you know seminars or conventions? Actually, when I, I went to the convention for the first time in 2006, and it was at the Stardust Hotel before they uh, tear it down because it was like the first and last time that I got to be in that hotel. So he actually did a seminar. It was like a sparring type seminar where we were straight throwing techniques so I was pretty much excited for that. And yeah. I was kind of nervous, too, because I was hoping that if I mess up, he'd probably be like, I don't know, angry about it. But I don't think he's pretty much a pretty much a cool guy. Yeah. And yeah. I've so. heard that from some. I've, I've never met him. I I used to go down to a, a tournament in Minneapolis every year, the Diamond Nationals. It's a, you know one of the NASCAR sport tournaments. And the one year I didn't go was the year Chuck Norris went. And I was so mad when I found out, like, seriously, my friend got to meet him and stuff. And, and he actually said, uh, I don't think I've ever told this on, on my show before, but he said they were, it was, they were in the hotel the Friday night after the competition and it was like midnight and they were teenage kids. They were running around and like knocking on people's doors and running away, you know, <laughs> as teenagers did in, in the early nineties. And he said they were running around and they came across the corner and, and Chuck Norris was standing right there. And they thought they were going to get in trouble. And Chuck looked at him, knocked on the door, and ran the other direction. So they were just left standing there. <laughs> like, That's so awesome. <laughs> yeah. He said they stood there in shock because they didn't know what to do. And people came out and thought they did it. So, <laughs> yeah, I love that story. <laughs> that's so cool. Have you ever got to do anything with the Kickstart program? I know that's really big in like Texas and stuff. Has that has it made its way up north at all? Not exactly, but however, um, we usually have like our local tournaments, and we usually do something called the Kickathon, and we raise money for that organization. Nice. So that's like something that we do for uh, the Kickstart. I wish we still do it, but it's like since the pandemic dropped, yeah. it's like just like crazy. Do you know anyone in your area ever tried to get that going? In, in New York and tried to get it into the school system? Hmm, not not that I know of, but, you know, I never really uh, usually pay attention to other uh, schools out there, but mm-hmm. I know schools, like, do a lot of tournaments, you know, yeah. then usually I got, well, I'd like to check them out one day, but it's just, uh, I'm booked pretty much sometimes. Yeah. Oh, no, I get that. So in, in your opinion, do you, do you think we'll ever see martial arts in the public school system fully? Hmm. Damn, that's kind of hard to say, but, you know, with things going on um, nowadays, you know, how kids are, uh, you know, you want them to be well-disciplined as well as um, well-behaved. And the thing with martial arts and school systems, I mean, one thing you got to be careful, you don't want them to think it's okay to actually beat up anybody who, like, gives you a hard time. Right. Uh, but never, but nevertheless, it's like, gives. it's more like it should be conditioning. So that's what I think that it should 
go for it other than just like not taking over phys ed class, but yeah. something that teaches them about conditioning and like how to handle your body. Okay. I'd love to see it. I just, the, my whole thing is I just, it's so dependent on finding the right instructor and that's so hard to control, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> you know, you, you got to know the person's going to be good and especially going to be good with kids. And that's, you know, there's a lot of great instructors, but not all great instructors are good at teaching kids either. That teaching, teaching kids takes something special to be in the public school system. You'd have to have that right instructor. So, cause I've, I've had a run in with a few bad instructors over the years and you definitely don't want that <laughs> happening for you. So when I think about that, um, of course there was an instructor as I was training, I mean, he was just like, um, a nightmare oh. and that got to the point where he was taking, um, a second degree black belt test and he got so cocky that, um, of course he got kicked out of our, uh, like organizations kicked out of school, Man. but, uh, here's definitely a kicker, a nightmare. He ends up coming back years later as here I am an instructor, but yet he signs his son up to take lessons. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that, that didn't even last more than a year. So, I mean, I kind of feel sorry for his son because his son was really good because um, I was just like training him. But yet his father, they used to train. Of course, he hasn't been training for 20 years. Mm-hmm. You know, me and my um, master instructor has some was really leery of him because, you know, definitely we don't know how much he changed after those years. But, you know, I kind of kept it cool and just kind of be myself. You know, it's, it, you know, you kind of have to almost give that person a second chance. You never know what that person going through right. until you um, really kind of know what's going on. Talk a, a little bit about the, the pro wrestling, kind of how, how that came to be and, and, and how you think your martial arts helped with that. It's almost about 10 years I started um, training in wrestling, and it's pretty much after I was like dismayed that I uh, failed my third degree black belt pretest. Like before you actually take the black belt test, you have to take a pretest. And, you know, I was like kind of making like a, a goal for myself. I say if I pass my third degree black belt test, I, I'll start training wrestling. But <laughs> in this case, I didn't pass my pretest, so I end up training in wrestling anyway to kind of get away from karate for a while. Well, not completely, just kind of boost my confidence. So here I am, like going to his wrestling school across the border in Canada, not too far from the border. And you no, know, when I started training, all I did was um, bumps. That's like my first few training sessions, just learn how to fall and how to brace my fall. So that was the first session. And it goes on to learn how to lock up with the, your opponents and put on holds. And then from there, learn, learn how to run the ropes and how to take uh, certain moves with the bumps. And then from there, I just gotten into practice matches. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and then from there, just like once my um, trainer felt I was comfortable doing matches, you know, I'd go out and um, go to shows. Even though if I don't get booked, I help out, like help set up and like do whatever the promoter wants me to do and yet always bring my gear with me because you never know if that promoter wants you to be in a match mm-hmm. or say in a battle royal, I'm always ready. So that's pretty much my uh, starting to wrestling. Okay. And did you get to compete at all? Yeah. After my year of training, yeah, I've um, had my first match in um, Oshawa, um, Ontario. Okay. And the fun thing about it is uh, I ended up wrestling like twice back to back. 
Okay. I, I did like a singles match, one by disqualification. And of course, I got put into like a six man tag, which was like a hardcore match. Wow. Yeah. But I mean, you got all these guys hitting each other with chairs, fiberglass, <laughs> and um, all this stuff. And yet I get hit with plastic Tupperware. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's crazy. So did you have a, a cool wrestling name or did they not do that in that league? Well, you know, I kind of came, came up with like a simple name. You know, I call myself uh, TJ Carts. Okay. You know, like I used my first name, TJ, and then the Carts that came from um, when I uh, was uh, a Kart associate. I kind of blended with uh, Mario Kart because Mario Kart was spelled with a K. Yep. And that I just kind of put K-A-R-T-Z. So TJ Carts. Nice. Yeah. That's kind of cool. And then what about the group fitness? How, how long have you been doing that? And do you ever get to incorporate any martial arts with the group fitness that you do? Well, yeah, actually, uh, yeah, I, it's been seven years since I've been a fitness instructor. And I actually started off teaching class called Body Combat. It's like a Liz Mills um, program. It's nice. actually a martial arts based um, exercise program. Um, when I first like actually took the class, you know, I got so into it. And then it was like, I had to get into this. And you know how you get those look from people that when they see you doing so good? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they pretty much um, complimented me so much that they asked, asked me if I was going to be an instructor. You know, I kind of thought about it a couple of times. You know, I'm just because mostly I when I was in the gym, you know, I went hard. Definitely when I was um, just kind of starting off, I like using the elliptical because, you know, it's always low impact. Mm-hmm. It's not like a treadmill. And, you know, I got so good doing the elliptical that I kind of set up a record for myself um, being on there for two and a half hours. Wow. So I had that motivation. It's like really it's like. That's, well, the thing that it's great about that, you know, having ADHD, the whole thing, I was very hyperactive. When you're hyperactive, you know, it's just, it's that motivation that helps you keep going. And with that, yeah, I was doing body combat for a while. And then when the um, gym that I was working at got sold to Crunch, I had to get a sort of AFA instructor uh, certification, which was a pain Mm because it felt like I was going back to school. It's like they had to give you like a self-taught course. And then once you were ready, you had to take an online test, which was multiple choice, luckily. And then, of course, I passed. And then from there, I got my certification. And then I was um, at the teach the crunch brand classes. And luckily, they had a class that it was called, called Cardio Type Box. So that was um, similar to like body combat. Okay. So I stuck with that. Now you talk about the the elliptical when I was training for my black belt. I thought I was doing good, but I don't think I ever did two and a half hours. I, I know for about two straight months, I was doing 65 minutes, seven days a week for nine miles. Two and a half, man. That's a, that's a goal to shoot for. I might have to, might have to, might have to try to do that maybe by next summer. <laughs> and so that two and a half hours, were you going like pretty much hardcore for the full two and a half hours? Well, I guess um, the elliptical going go for an hour. So, you know, I went for an hour and then um, I reset. And then go for another hour. Okay. You know, I, I didn't put no resistance on the elliptical. You know, I was just going real fast. Okay. And I know I got I got people looking like next <laughs> to me. It's like, what? Man, you must be a, like some kind of robot or something. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I got that look when I was doing sixty five minutes. So yeah, I, I get that. Yeah. What made you decide to take the leap into podcasting? And and which which podcast came first? I went to this um PyCon. Was um my one of my um friends um that actually um does podcasting. You know, he actually um, came up with this podcast group called the Podcast Precinct. And he had like this whole PodCon, like for podcasters. And, you know, I kind of looked and checked it out. And then there was like a seminar 
for um, how to start your own podcast. You know, I'm just listening to it. And then it's like, they tell you like what to do, what to get, you know, it didn't seem much like, much like a difficult, basically you're just talking about what's on your mind. It's Mm -hmm. like, you're not expecting everybody to care what you say, but you know, it's worth the really give your two cents in for like what's on your minds and what came first you know, I was like taking notes and seeing what I can talk about. You know, there's so many things that I'm very good at talking about. But yet the first thing that came was the kick pod, which is a martial arts based podcast, which because one night, of course, I'm a black belt in martial arts. And I mean, I have a extensive knowledge of kind of analyzing certain subjects. And even I talk about movies that I've watched and I kind of analyze, well, kind of rewatch them and analyze what I see and kind of talk about in the podcast. And usually I, nowadays I try to get enough guests mm-hmm. on the show. You know, it's kind of hit and miss with getting guests, but you know, when I talk to guests, it seems like a lot easy going than try to come up with subjects for the podcast. Yeah. All props to you for, for just doing it by yourself sometimes. I mean, I, I've worked in radio for over 30 years and I, that was always the hardest thing with when no one else there, just you doing so. unless, unless it's like a music one, that's different where you're just introducing songs, but to actually fill time on a topic by yourself, that's impressive. It's not easy to do. So it's definitely much easier to talk to another person like we're doing now. Who's some of the, the, your favorite guests you've had so far? I see some good ones on here. Probably the one guest that I enjoyed the most because I was pretty much lucky that I ha- actually ha- had the opportunity to, to interview was Chris Kazamaza. Nice. Uh, yep. Yeah. And it's like, I was, I just always, I was commending him on his um, performance with uh, Immortal Kombat. Mm-hmm. And it was like, that was like my most favorite scene from that movie. It's like, he was did a good job, definitely. The funny thing about Chris, he was in Vegas the same um, time I was in like July, and I was like telling him I was um, actually going to be there, but I was said it going to be another hotel, and I didn't get a chance to actually come see him because uh-huh. I was so busy with with the convention. Okay, uh, he's such a nice guy. Yeah. I interviewed him earlier this year, but I've I met him at a tournament like 30 some years ago and and yeah just such a neat nice guy easy to talk to we've had a few of the same guests you had andrea harkins on she's such a sweetheart such a good interview yeah Yeah. so who's your who's one of your dream guests who's someone you'd just love to have on the show right now i mean i'm i got two that i probably would like i'd like to have michael j white and possibly grandmaster norris if you get either one, I'll, I'll definitely be tuning in. That'd be, they'd both be fun ones to listen to. Uh, they're on my list too. So I, I got a few other ones that are on my list, but uh, yeah, they're, they're definitely up there. It's a lot of times it's just, it's just asking, you know, <laughs> a lot of my, yeah. I, I've just reached them through social media and, and, and they've said yes. And, you know, I've had uh, interviewed a few, uh, quite a few of Chuck Norris's friends, you know, I've been, I've been lucky with that and it's good though. It, it, it is definitely a lot of fun. So how often do you release the episodes? Usually, um, yeah, I do a pre-recorded episode, and then of course, usually, like, um, due to kind of like well, my my busy schedule, usually I have them like every other week, okay, or like sometimes I have them like once a month. So that's pretty much how I do my podcast. Okay, so do you, yeah. do you have one coming up soon that we can uh, talk about? I, obviously, it'll probably be out by the time this show airs. But what's what's your next one coming out? I actually um interview a young lady um that I met in the uh the convention and she's like highly um into martial arts and she was like a f- total fan of um Chuck Norris and yes she um I pretty much I'm the reason that she ended up getting a picture with Chuck Norris because nice. um you know that was like the first time she uh, uh went to the convention and of course the second time she had to buy the photo op 
Yeah, that's fun. That's that's always good to help people like that and and you know, get them excited. And then what about the the the, uh, the fit? Was it the Fit Fighter? Is that the other one? Yeah. And when when did that one start? And talk a little little bit about that one too. Yeah, I think I kind of started that like around twenty twenty two. Yeah, it's like um, I was like kind of like I know I had like a plenty of fitness friends that um are in the fitness. You know, I kind of reached out to them as well as um reaching out to uh other um fitness instructors that I didn't know or even people that are on a fitness journey. And you know, I kind of talked to them and asked like, what's what's the the purpose of your fitness um journey and like what was your inspiration? And pretty much that's me learning how to getting better with fitness kind of like an idea of like how to do like better fitness classes or even kind of come up with a fitness uh like routine and how often does that one come out yeah pretty much the same thing back and forth uh, okay with uh, you know usually it's one week the kick by the other week is the the fit fighter curious what are your thoughts on mma and the ufc and is that something you're a fan of Hmm. Yeah, not, I haven't watched much of the UFC of um, MMA or the MMA, you know, I'm not into like people beating each other up, okay. but you know, but you know, yeah, but I could say it's like almost similar to wrestling if I watch it carefully. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. All right. So in your 27 years of martial arts, is there one philosophy you've learned that is at the top of your list, super important to you? You keep coming back to it. It's never too late to learn. Uh, the one philosophy that I always learned, I mean, even if you don't test physically, you always are learning, you know, you're always the student. I mean, I may be at the highest level right now, uh, master rank, but I'm still willing to learn. And it's not just my style, but, you know, I'm usually going out there and like when with these podcasts, you know, I kind of learn what other styles are like. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I kind of come across other styles like like, you know, there's Shotokan that has similar um, katas that to that are equivalent to ours. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I try to go out to like seminars and um, they kind of um, do different um, martial arts styles and learn how can I um, incorporate this into my teachings. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, yeah. So what are some of the other, other styles you, you've checked out, like seminar wise and done some cross training and like that? Well, with our style, we're kind of incorporating like Krav Maga as well as Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Nice. So that's that's like one or two um, styles that kind of interest me. Well, you know, with Krav Maga, I know that's like the most expensive uh, like style to even get to. You know, you're looking <laughs> at spending a lot of money just to learn the Israel type martial arts. Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, you know, we have like a, a guy from Texas that is willing to work with us instructors every Tuesday night um, on Zoom. And he's like teaching us like um, different ways to get from like from mount position to, uh, and pretty much any position, like basic self-defense. Okay. You know, Mr. Norris, that's something he, he's been, uh, cause he, you know, he's been friends with the Machado brothers since the late eighties. So he's been incorporating, you know, jujitsu into his stuff since the late eighties, early nineties. So it's, it makes perfect sense that you guys are doing it in your system too. Yeah. All right. So a few fun questions here. Who are three, four, five names you would put on your personal Mount Rushmore of martial arts? Let's see. Okay. One would be Chuck Norris. Obviously. <laughs> uh, Bruce Lee. Nice. Jackie Chan. Very cool. I like that. I'm trying to think of another person. It's like so many people. Mm-hmm. It's a tough question. <laughs> yeah. So I got three of them. So yep. yeah. Three's good. I mean, if you can't think of any more, three's a good number. Yeah. How about a favorite martial arts book? Martial arts book. Well, I know it was at um, this one martial arts book. It was, um, I think, does like the facts of Chuck Norris. It's like, yeah, either <laughs> it's like the fun yep. facts of Chuck Norris, 
I think it was like a hundred like facts of Chuck Norris, and it's like it tells you like it's like certain like Chuck Norris facts or whatever like jokes or something. Yep. And then it like tells a story after that, and this tells like what actually what this um joke kind of relates of what Mr. Norris was doing. So yeah. I think one I think one of us like he stopped like a a game war from starting like. It gets uh, two gangs were ready to fight, and then Chuck Norris stand between them, and then it was just like mutual friendship or something. Yeah, that's I, I've I've seen that book. It's 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 actually yeah the four hundred facts about the world's greatest human, the truth about Chuck Norris. I think is what it's called. Yeah, that's, that's a fun book. They're, those are hilarious. And and I know when those first came out, everyone's like, oh, Chuck Chuck's not going to like this, and everyone says he loves those Chuck Norris jokes. He thinks they're the funniest things in the world, and. And he's got his favorites too, so that's it's it's kind of cool that he has a sense of humor like that. <laughs> yeah. All right. How about a favorite martial arts video game? Oh man, I got so many. Okay. Hey, this is just one, or just I can pick many. If you can pick a few, go ahead. Well, I could say probably my top two would be Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat. Nice. Well, how about your favorite characters from each one? Well, I could say like Ken and Ryu from Street Fighter and. Nice. Scorpion and Sub-Zero from Mortal Kombat. And here's a fun fact. Mm-hmm. The actor that did like the, like, you know, the uh, the first uh, two Mortal Kombat games. Yep. Yeah, the act, I met like two of the actors from that uh, movie or from that video game at a video game con. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I remember when that first came out, I met um, at a martial arts tournament, actually met a few of them. And I, I've interviewed a few on my show, so that's that's kind of cool. Yeah, I've never been to a video game con. That might be a good place to get some possible guests for the show too. So that's good. Yeah, uh, which one? Which ones do you meet? So, right. uh, who did I meet? I, I know I met the guy who played uh, Sub Zero in the movie, and I met I think he played Shang Tsung in the video game. Uh, Philip On, Doctor Philip On. He's actually a doctor. He's got a book called Mortal Doctor. Oh, I know the one, Shang Tsung. Yep, yep, Shang Tsung. Yep, yep, yeah, yeah. So he he was a guest on my show. He's been on there, and yeah, yeah. He's like this tournament, the Diamond Nationals I used to go to from like ninety to ninety five. They had like all the people who were in the Mortal Kombat movies, the Mortal Kombat video games, the Ninja Turtle movies, WMAC Masters. I've met most of those people who were involved in those shows, and and a, a handful of the um, Power Rangers too. So. Yeah, yeah, speaking of Power Rangers, I met like majority of the Power Rangers, especially um Jason David Frank before oh, he died. Yeah. Wow, that's I was in the process of working to get him on the show before he passed away, unfortunately. I, I was yeah. so so hoping to get him on my show and interview him and stuff. And yeah, it was so so tragic. So, such a such a nice person. I I got to chat with him once or twice, never actually got to meet him though. All right, how about a favorite martial arts TV show? Mm, favorite martial arts TV show. I would I'll probably say Cobra Kai. Nice. Cobra Kai fan. I like it. Okay. Yep. I would have guessed you would have said Walker, Texas Ranger because of the Chuck Norris connection, but I'm impressed you said Cobra Kai. I like it. <laughs> yeah. I like Walker, Texas Ranger too. Yeah. I mean, it's a good thing it's on Peacock and I can watch all the episodes. Yes. I know. I've been rewatching it too because a few of my guests have been on some episodes of that too. So that's fun to go back and watch their episodes before I interview them and stuff. That's hey, that's another fun thing about that show, uh, uh, Marco Texas Ranger. I ended up almost meeting every celebrity that made a guest star in that movie wow. or in that um, TV show. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Nice. Well, that's how you reach out to them and get them on your show then. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's funny when I go to the, the cons and I see the uh, actual actors on that was on that show, I actually it's like tell them I, I know Chuck Norris and then I show them a picture and then it's like, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's really cool all right how about a favorite martial arts movie well hands down i'd say mortal Kombat because i've watched that so many times nice that 
that one's actually surprising not pick as often as I thought it would be. A lot of people pick Enter the Dragon, you know, things like that. But Mortal Kombat, should, I think, should be picked more. That's a, it's a great yeah. movie. The, the original one. It's such a good one. Yeah, I didn't like the uh, sequel very much, Annihilation. Yeah, I mean, it was okay, but it just wasn't as good as the first one. Yeah. Now, this one doesn't have to be a martial arts movie, just a favorite movie fight scene. Well, hands down, Scorpion versus Johnny Cage. Nice. I actually had someone pick, you, you had mentioned sidekick before, I actually had someone pick the, the fight between Chuck Norris and Joe Piscopo at the end of that as their favorite fight scene, <laughs> which I, I, I could watch that probably a hundred times in one day and, and laugh just as hard every time. <laughs> Such a fun <laughs> <Yeah>. scene. <laughs> That's one movie I, I, I never get sick of. I watch it at least once a year. So, <laughs> but, but yeah, and same with Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat, I, I haven't watched it in a probably in about a year, but I, I usually that's another one. I'll, I got about 15, 20 movies, classic movies that I'll dig out and I'll watch about once a year, and, and I never get sick of them. Karate Kids on that list, usually Mortal Kombat, Bloodsport, Best of the Best. So, Bloodsport. So, I'm, I'm just looking through your episode list, you know, talking about some of your movies and stuff like you know, the, the movies you talk about, kind of cool. So, what type of stuff specifically, like you, you said you kind of like break it down and analyze stuff on some of these movies? What do you, what are you looking for when you're, when you're doing that? I'm looking for like a, if you were in a self defense situation, you, know, you wouldn't do this or okay. you, you, you do this differently or, or I would relate to like something I see in a movie, like what I do. In class, I would talk about in class, like really, I would, or basically, if we're talking about sparring, mm-hmm. I would say, This is how you go for your points. It's like, This is how you go for points. You close the gap this way. So you're analyzing it more from an instructor point of view instead of a fan point of view. That's kind of cool. Well, sort of for kind of like half and half. Yeah. Okay. So how would you uh, analyze some of the, uh, the, the fight scenes in Cobra Kai from a self defense point of view? <laughs> well, there'd be like the do's and don'ts of how to te- teach people self-defense yeah i mean you wouldn't talk about uh strike first strike hard no mercy <laughs> i mean you gotta at least show your opponent some mercy at least let them make a statement of how you want to be treated and well definitely look at this way you don't want to beat your opponent up to the point they're in the hospital right uh, yeah i know i'm excited for the final season hopefully we'll get to see it in 2024 now that the the strike's over hopefully they can start filming and we'll we'll, we'll get our final season to cobra kai Kind of sad it's the final one, but I'm looking forward to, to closing out the story for that. Yeah, I'm trying to at least get a collection of it. So, like, so far I've met four people from, like, Cobra Kai and uh, Karate Kid. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so I've interviewed two two or three people that were in the some of the three people that were in the original Karate Kid movies. And I've interviewed one person that was in Cobra Kai and then one person who trained some of the, did some of the martial arts training for Cobra Kai. I'm trying to get, you know, like Ralph Macchio or, or William Zapka on this show, but obviously, you know, you got to go through agents and, and managers and stuff. And it's definitely not as easy to reach out those people, but, but yeah. I, I've been lucky. I, I, I had, uh, if you're a Karate Kid fan, I, I had, um, uh, Sean Kanan who played Mike Barnes. Oh yeah. He was one of my first, like, 30, 30 or so guests when I first started the show. So super, super nice guy. And at the time he didn't know, he might've known, but he specifically told me I couldn't ask him about Cobra Kai. So I, I had a feeling yeah. maybe he was going to be on it. So we couldn't really talk about it. And as soon as, soon as he was, I saw him on that episode, I texted him and he responded back and he thought he's like, Mike effing Barnes. So 
<laughs> he, he, I, I think he had fun with that. So I'm hoping we see him on the next season too. <laughs> well, anything before I let you go, anything maybe that we, we didn't cover or I, I forgot to ask you about, I want to make sure, you know, any information you want out there and stuff. Yeah, no, I mentioned like, uh, uh comic cons I go to yes. cosplay. So, yes. Yeah. So what, so who's, who's some of your favorite characters to dress up as? My main um, character is Mario. So yeah, nice. I do a nice uh, Mario impersonation. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of cool. So have you ever dressed up as any like the Mortal Kombat characters or anything? That's next on, on the list. Okay. But, you know, I've been, I, I dressed up as um, Ryu and Ken. Okay. So. I like that. You'll have to, you'll have to send me some pictures uh, of some of your cosplay. That's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> And the funny thing is, uh, the last Comic Con I went to, it was like Frightmare, and I was like dressing normal, and then all of a sudden, like uh, this one guy was taking a picture of me, and I didn't know why, and that's like, uh, why not? And then, of course, I ended up met- meeting the actors from the, the Walking Dead. It was um the guy that played Abraham. Okay, uh, it was like Michael Cutlet, and he he noticed that I looked like um one of the characters, uh, Tyrese. And that's like, I didn't think about it until I actually looked myself in the mirror. It's like, I'm dressed up as Tyreek. It's like, huh. I was like, that's strange. <laughs> I've never been to one of those. I've always wanted to go to like a Comic Con or my daughter has been to a couple. I've never been to one. I, I I think it'd be a blast to go to. We have some local ones. Actually, we had a local one here a few weeks ago I couldn't go to because I was working. But Adrian Paul, who I've interviewed on the show, was actually in town at a local Comic-Con, and I didn't get to go to it. So I was kind of bummed. But yeah. I've never, the only person I've ever been mistaken for, I've been mistaken for the guy, uh, Rick from Pawn Stars. <laughs> I was actually in Vegas at a voiceover convention and someone thought I was Rick from Pawn Stars. <laughs> so oh my God. I should, and I, I had never seen the show before, so I didn't know. Then I looked at his picture. And I'm like, okay, I can kind of see it. So I should have pretended I was him. I've like signed autographs and stuff, but I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Would have been fun. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, I get that a lot. People think I was 50 cent. <laughs> hey, there you go. That'd be cool. Well, TJ, I got to thank you, man. This has been a blast. I, I, I love hearing your story and learning more about you and definitely going to you know promote both of your podcasts. We got you know the, the kick pod and the fit fighter. I'll put links for both of them when, when the episode comes out and people can you know check it out and hear some of your, your analyzing and your, your interviews and stuff. And, and like I said, it's one of my goals is to have the host of every martial arts podcast on my show. Not going to be easy because more keep coming out, which is a good thing. So, but uh, yeah, we got to support each other and, and help each other and stuff. So I definitely want to get that out there and get you more listeners. But uh, I truly appreciate your time, and I can't wait till the episode comes out. Yeah, I hope I can have you as a guest on my podcast one day. We'll plan that sometime. We'll, we'll make it happen. We'll chat uh, about whatever you want to. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Everyday Martial Artist. We hope you'll join us every week for a brand new episode with a different martial artist telling their story. If you enjoy the show, be sure to leave us a review. Also, be sure to check out our website at everydaymartialartist.com. There you can find all of our episodes and contact us to suggest guests and ask questions. Again, thanks for listening to Everyday Martial Artist, and we'll see you next week.